the first place you're going to go to uh with 25 percent nowhere none of the places i like to go are opening at 25 percent capacity i told my kids that we can now send one of them to chili's by themselves (laughs) we'll wait in the car for you just send the bill out to us Uh, (laughs) enjoy yourself in there Did they take you up on that? They believed me. They're like, no shit, really? I could go to Chili's by myself? They just thought that that was how it was working, that like every family could send in one person. Oh, God. I mean, they are children. That makes sense. Yep. I mean, now I feel like you should do it also. I should, actually. I don't know how Chili's would or would not react to that. Um, but I can't figure out which one of them is more expendable, so I probably won't. I still support it. Now I want to go, Lisa, all of us really should go when we have a second and have solo dinners at Chili's, sit at different tables, and just <laughs> like have the time of our lives and get fucked up from a distance. Yeah, you know it's going to get the old American economy going again. It's just a bunch of sad single people eating at Chili's just one at a time. That's <laughs> right. just nothing but half full two tops for three hours around the five to six o'clock hour. That's going to fucking get us back on top. Take that, China. Woo! Suck my dick, China. Yeah. We're <laughs> sort of filling up parts of Chili's. Only a little bit, though. Yeah. Well, you know, science. Austin's favorite restaurant. It just is, it's the perfect, the perfect example of America sort of believing in science. To be like, oh, we're going to ignore all the medical advice, but like 25% of it will be okay. Like, it's just, I don't know how to even express this thought. It's just, so like we're all going to acknowledge that climate change is real and talk about it all the time and like make it a main part of our discourse, but we're not going to do anything about it. It's, this feels like it's the same thing. Yeah. Look at these facts. Okay, bye. Look at all these facts that dominate every single headline of every news story. Well, anyway, back to normal. You got to, you know, let people be free and open up. Did you guys see all the dipshits who got their uh, dick compensating rifles out and went and protested at the Michigan Capitol? No. Are they the same as the woman with the, like, bad roots? Yeah, pretty much, except they were wearing too much tactical headgear, so I couldn't really see what their roots looked like, but they got all their... They got all their Nerf guns and went to the legislature to point rifles at the (sighs) house people, whatever they call the legislature in Michigan. Did y'all see, I saw the, some girl did like an analysis on the woman's roots who was complaining about not being able to go get her hair done. And she was like, based on the length of her roots and how bad it was, 
that she really hadn't been to a hairstylist in way more than two months. It had been more like three and this was, this happened like three weeks ago or so. So that just made me real happy. I appreciate people using math for good reasons. I kind of felt personally shamed though, because I've been bitching about how I can't get my brows and nails done and that shit's been lingering since November too, but now is when I want to do it. So yeah, I mean, I had my still my wedding nails, like fake nails, on for the first time since middle school, and I was like, "How am I gonna get these fuckers off?" And I ended up having like they grew out almost halfway, and then I had to just kind of like like a loose tooth. You just kind of, and now okay. my actual nails are fucked. I'm gonna puke. Yeah. They even did kind of look like little teeth. It was oh. like flesh colored teeth. No. All right. Just like okay. in a little, a little okay. pocket. Okay. Anyways, I this saved them. Thing. I'm going to mail them to y'all. No. I, I, and I have, that's the fun part about this also is because I just got married. I have everyone's address. <laughs> so I can fucking mail y'all my gross old fingernails. What oh a fucking God. threat. I am turning that right over to the FBI, just so you know. <laughs> you do that. So. Well, you know. Also, if you need anyone's address, hit me up. I got that shit. <laughs> Joe lost a tooth in front of me, and I almost fainted. I don't know why. Teeth are something that gets to me. I don't want, I don't was it like, I remember the first tooth I lost was like gray because I was so afraid to pull it out. My mom was like, just pull it. And I was like, oh no. Was it one of those or did it bleed a lot? Was it a bleeder? No, it was, it was a perfectly normal sanitary tooth. It just came out of her mouth in front of me and I just wanted to go crawl under my covers for an hour. <laughs> yeah. This is what my nightmares are, are me losing my own teeth. And oh my God, all the time. Teeth should stay too. in your head. Yeah, teeth teeth bother me. Yeah. I do have a, a coworker who, and I, I love her very, very much, and she, like, wears jewelry that is teeth. Jewelry? What Wait, a Jezebel. Human, human teeth? Yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's illegal. No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah, that's can, against like, my law. You can, I feel like I've been in like vintage stores where they just have jars of human teeth that people just collect. Like you have a couple kids. Yeah. Are you sure that was a vintage store and not a murder house? I mean, <laughs> I mean, how do people chew? <laughs> how do people chew in heaven without their teeth? How do people chew in heaven? Oh my God, Lisa. Patent that quick before it becomes a book series. It does. It sounds like a t-shirt also. Yes. And there's Lisa. She's chewing in heaven. <laughs> She'll be chewing <laughs> in heaven now. Mm-hmm. We miss you, little chopper. Because well, before she only swallowed. Oh, bing, bang, boom. Dang, there we go. Uh, I guess, uh, speaking of Sunday school type things in heaven. Um, I wanted to talk about the pizza wars of the 90s. Wait, we haven't even said welcome to Weird Brunch. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they got that that's what they were listening to when we started talking about teeth. 
jars of teeth, not just teeth. jars of teeth. Also, my sideband jars of teeth. Oh yeah, they're like the Christian version of. And I could chew in heaven after forty days. That's what it's about. Is that jars of clay? I don't know. I could not tell you. <laughs> it's the only Christian. Well, it's not the only Christian rock I know, <laughs> but. Anyways, tell us about pizza. Yeah. Well, also, welcome to Weird Brunch. Oh, okay. Good. You're Elisa um, Friedrich. And you're Whitney Lamont, and you're Karina Magyar. What? Which one is Whitney Lamont this time? Still Whitney Lamont, right? And I'm Karina yeah, Magyar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good. Right. Um, so, yeah, Pizza Wars of the 90s. Um, I don't like, you know how you go to Sunday school or a church lock-in and there's just a giant fucking pizza there or multiple giant fucking pizzas um, or, or donuts. Um, well, in 1993, uh, pizza opulence exploded in America. Pizza opulence? Yes. Okay. What does that mean? Well, um, so oh, you had your chandeliers made of pizza. Pretty much. Uh, so you had your top three, right? You had Pizza Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars. Um, as of '93, those three accounted for 48 percent of the U.S. pizza industry. Dang. Um, at the time, the Hut. They each had their own like marketing uh, value prop, if you will. So the hut was like a family friendly dining experience um, with those 1970s ass dine in holes with the red booths and arcade machines. Sometimes they had a salad bar. Oh, yeah. Mr. Gaddy's had, well, I guess that's just Texas, but you know. <laughs> I mean, Everything's bigger in Texas, but Gaddy's didn't cut it. I just loved it. I love that. There's a smell that comes with a pizza, fast food pizza place, eating indoors, eating at that booth, seeing the salad bar. Using the that's in the glass red candle holder. For some yes. Reason. And then mm -hmm. hopping on the air hockey. And I feel like they always had a projector screen room where they would have like the goofy movie on. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're probably right. Um, could be wrong. Getting the unnecessary breadsticks. Mm-hmm. You don't oh, even yeah. eat them. No, it's you're just, just there. Yeah. Um. So that was their value prop. Pizza Hut's value prop was like, "We're family friendly. Come on in. Have your kids play with the arcades while you fight with your wife." Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> Domino's was like, oh, we know what up with delivery. Um, so their value prop was like, look, we're doing the best delivery. We'll get it right to your house. You don't even have to go anywhere. Um, and then Little Caesars was like, we don't do dine-in. We don't have a delivery solution. But you know what? We'll give you two pizzas for the price of one. Uh, hello, that's the choice I go with right there. Yeah. In 1993 as a single mother. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
Um, brutal to these 90s families, man. They were wholesome. Jeez. 1993 I was the child of a single mother. <laughs> okay. And I was a child of uh, parents who would fight while I went and played arcade games. Um, <laughs> so for decades, like since the 70s, all three of these guys were like just living in their own worlds, right? Like we're going to keep being a family friendly dining experience we're going to keep doing the best delivery we're going to keep giving you cheap pizza um then 1993 happens and they all were like what if we made pizzas just fucking huge like like how huge like comically huge i have dimensions whitney Okay, so but I need you to put it in arm perspective. Well, I'm afraid that my Zoom background will take my arms away. Yes, it, it has. It will. Um, so Little Caesars Priorities, kicks us off. <laughs> Little Caesars kicks kicks us off with um, the big big cheese pizza. It's eleven by twenty two inches, and you get two of them, right? That's why there's big big. So also, it's a rectangle. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. rectangle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the big thing. Um, yum yum. <laughs> yum yum. Uh, I also, I did not realize until I was reading uh, about this that pizza pizza being Little Caesar's like slogan is because it was two pizzas. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Pizza, pizza. Mm-hmm. I fucking love those commercials. <laughs> that little caveman guy. It just beautiful. Like an Italian mwah kind of deal. He's not a caveman. He's Julius <laughs> Caesar. Uh, yeah, he's oh, a- yeah. <laughs> See, that's my childhood. I remembered him as like a fucking caveman because he had a spear and he said, pizza, pizza. Oh my God, I'm so glad in 2020 we're having these revelations about the true meaning of this little Caesars commercials from the 90s. It's true. Also, up until this very moment, (sighs) I thought he was a caveman. So, (laughs) whatever. Um, So, yeah, this is, okay. So, at the time, this big, big uh was eight dollars and eighty eight cents which is fifteen dollars and eighty five cents today still a good deal great deal yeah but also fuck that inflation anyway Eh. 20 years i just filled my gas tank up for like 12 bucks so i think we're okay now oh my god i haven't gotten gas in years yeah, me either. We just parked John's car at the back of our driveway and don't even drive mine. And if y'all haven't like turned off your car insurance and shit like that, do it because fuck it. Save that money. Oh, damn. I also didn't think about that. <laughs> there you go. Um, also, your so- cell phones, you're not using. Anyways, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Um, so the reason they came out with this even was just because like their main marketing value was more pizza. So they're like, oh, let's just make a giant pizza. 
Well, their sales jump up 54% during this time. And they also added non-pizza menu items like spaghetti uh, and doubled its store count in the four, uh, from the four years leading up to this point. Then they doubled their store count after they were like the big, big. So Pizza Hut is like, mm, fuck that. And they make the Bigfoot pizza, which, and just as a reminder, the Big Big was 11 by 22 inches. The Bigfoot pizza is 12 by 24 inches. Damn, that's like two inches more pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three inches more pizza. Um, so, and that one was, uh, it was 10.99, which is... 1962 in uh, 2020 dollars. I'm gonna say I would go with the first option. Still, well, Pizza Hut did have like better pizza though. When you take okay. mm -hmm. so the big big was Domino's, Little Caesars. Oh, big Little big Caesars. Little Caesars, big Bigfoot, Bigfoot. It's Got it, because of the 24 also. So it's technically two feet. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> um, so this was, so Pizza Hut did a lot of weird gimmicks in the 90s, but this was like the most impressive one. And it's mostly because of how aggressive the marketing was. They spent millions of dollars on uh, commercials, magazines, newspapers, billboards, all saying that uh, Bigfoot was not just a giant pizza, but a cultural event. <laughs> they, I'm so excited to say this to this group of, of women. Um, pizza Hut leased a $4 million blimp. Yeah. The blimps are back. I love blimps. Uh, with the Bigfoot pizza logo splashed on the side, um, and they had selected markets to go drive the blimp around or whatever. On the 4th of July, 1993, the blimp crashes into the roof of an apartment building. <gasps> Fuck yeah. That's what on blimps the... do! <laughs> yeah, they only... That's they all they only do. only crash. <laughs> uh... So it crashes onto the roof of an apartment building on the west side of Manhattan, injuring two crew members. And they talked to the vice president of Pizza Hut, and he's like, yeah, uh, no, I still feel like the, the millions of dollars we spent was, like, worth it because of the heightened brand awareness right now. So sure. can't buy that kind of publicity, like a blimp crashing into an apartment building. Yeah, all publicity is good publicity. They probably crashed it on purpose. <gasps> this they is the 9-11 shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, according to Lisa. 9-11, according to Lisa. Yeah. It, well, and it happened in Manhattan. This was probably like a test run anyway. <laughs> so they had like a shit ton of commercials. And you know how now you'll see the same commercial over and over and over on Hulu? Carvana, fucking stop it. I'm so fucking uh, sick of this Carvana ad. The progressive, uh, or the progressive on ice commercial? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, but they took out a like they made a ton of different commercials just for this Bigfoot pizza. 
And some of them took direct aim at Little Caesars. So then Little Caesars gets pissed and they run an ad where a Little Caesars monster truck crushes a much smaller monster truck. Now this is assumed to be Pizza Hut as Bigfoot is a famous monster truck that's been around since 1975. Yep. I've seen it in action. Ooh. Me too. Uh, I bet we were together. <laughs> probably. I had the <laughs> Hell yeah. There were trading cards? Yeah, there were trading cards for everything. I want a Bigfoot trading card. For now it's just pictures on the internet. I know. <laughs> I can print them out for you. I'll mail them to you. Don't worry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in this Bigfoot monster truck commercial thing, the announcer's like, Oh, the big, big cheese is actually bigger than the Bigfoot, um, which is not true, but uh, it was heavier. So then they were like, well, yeah, but it's four pounds, so it's heavier. So, you get four pounds of pizza. Everybody loves their pizza to be weighed in pounds. Yeah, I don't want yeah. anything weighed in pounds. <laughs> so I'm then Domino's. Four pounds. Wait, what about four pounds? I was just thinking of like how how hungry you are, and you're like, I would like four pounds of pizza. That's how hungry I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you die. That's disgusting. Um, so Domino steps up, and they're like, "Okay, fuck both of y'all," and they release the Domino's Dominator. Oh man! Now this, yeah, this motherfucker is ten by. 30 inches. Was this pre-post-noid? Had the noid been introduced yet? I believe this is post-noid. Ooh. I believe this is post-noid. Nice. Um, and so, and this was running between $9 and $11, which is 16 to 20 today, which is way more food for way less money than Pizza Hut, but um, if you try to look these guys, these different pizza types up, uh, the Dominator is the hardest of the three to find any kind of photo of. You can find some press and some blogs, but it's mostly just like, I love that we're on Zoom and I can see both of you opening windows. (laughs) Trying to look up the Dominator. (laughs) Um, So it's mostly just completely forgotten. Um, and before the the pizza war, uh, Domino's was the only of the three to see sales decline um, in the five years before. So the pressure was on. Um, and it was a few year, a few weeks after the Bigfoot was announced. They were like, you know what? We got the Dominator, and it's nearly a yard long. Is how they were positioning wow. it. Wow okay which yeah which immediately put them on the struggle bus because they can't deliver this shit and they've been the lords of delivery the whole time like that's their value prop that's their market yeah now um, your furniture into a delivery person's car yeah 
And so all you could do was carry this bitch out. So if you call up Domino's, you're like, I want the Dominator. They're like, cool, come get it. And you're like, wait. Yeah. No. People are like, I don't... no, I have three children. I'm, I'm a single mom. I'm a single mom. My mom would never have ordered pizza. She'd be like, here's some chicken breast. Now go jog. Now go jog. <laughs> it's true (laughs) hell yeah holly uh so then yeah so not only is domino's the last to the market but it's also inconveniencing their customer base so there's no winners there's no losers to the war domino's is the loser um honestly i don't remember any of these except maybe bigfoot but I more so remember like the other big pizzas that Pizza Hut did, like the Brooklyn whatever, or like the big New Yorker or whatever it was. I anyway. remember the big New Yorker. Yeah. Did so, they put Bigfoot in their commercials for the pizza? Like I believe they're Yeah, I believe they did uh, incorporate the very real I kind Bigfoot. of remember that. Wasn't America going through its Harry and the Hendersons craze at this point? Yes, I believe. In 93? Yeah. Oh, it's 93. (laughs) is too late, huh? Yeah, Harry and the Hendersons is 1987. This is too late. Did the craze ever really die, though? No. No, it doesn't. Not for Lisa, but for everyone else, yes. Dang, that looks like a big pizza. Oh, I love the pictures <laughs> of this stuff. It's so good. Um, so <clears throat> this is like the end of a, of a movie where they're like, where are they now? Uh, in the years after uh, Little Caesars debuted, the big, big cheese, the business collapsed. Um, uh-huh. It tried another uh, large format product called the uh, pizza by the foot which i do remember yes um yeah uh it did kind of save uh little caesars from full disaster uh but from 1998 to 2001s of little caesars locations closed and it got so bad that they just stopped reporting store counts from oh. 99 to, from 99 to 2005 well i remember i like vividly remember little caesars disappearing because there Mm -hmm. we would when my mom finally got remarried and my stepdad was like we can get pizza now you don't have to jog while eating chicken breasts um we would go to little caesars because it was the closest pizza place and like my parents still weren't gonna pay for fucking delivery and I remember it being like one of the only little Caesars left and now I feel it's making a comeback right yeah they have the the hot and readies yeah they're making a comeback and they're like CEO is a cool dude like also hot and ready is a good fucking pizza I'll tell you what out of Detroit little Caesars yeah so uh like is hipper more upscale fast casual pizza restaurants like uh mod start coming in the idea of value 
has become synonymous with like shitty food. But Little Caesars was like, yup. And then that's when they were like, $5, hot and ready. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> Dude, hot and ready, I feel like has saved my life multiple times. Yes. yes. And they make their crust so garlicky. Mm-hmm. Goddamn delicious. I'm into it. Um, so uh, actually as of 2019, they, they're back to number three. They're back in the top three of well, pizza places. Didn't Papa John's collapse help with that a little bit too? I mean, yeah, whatever. The hot and ready. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, did anybody really like Papa John's that much? Never. Yes. Never in yes. the history of America did anybody actually like Papa John's all that much. I did. What? I went I through a phase. It was a <laughs> It was like the elephantitis of pizza. Like it was just <laughs> too much. My dad loved it because it had, he loved marinara sauce. And that is the sauciest pizza you can it's get. The everythingest. Pizza. Yeah. Like the, the cheese is like uncomfortably thick. Yes. If you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> It's too viscous. Uh, it sticks in your mouth, you know? You can't talk. Yeah, but also, like, when you're getting a pizza delivered to your house, you know it's going to be probably just a little bit cooled down, and it's fine on normal pizza, but when it's like a Papa John's, it's like, oh, here's this rubber. Yep, it's already tomorrow's hockey puck pizza. Yeah. Like they kept it overnight in a dorm. And, and then- they were like, guess what? Our <laughs> dipping sauce is just straight up butter, which is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Fuck you, butter. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a, uh, an anti-butter podcast. You know, we've done a lot of weird stories, but I think this is the first time we've done a food story on Weird Brunch. I'm kind of excited about that. We yeah. should do more food stories because brunch is in the fucking title. So. Exactly. Um, so Little Caesars is back. After the Bigfoot, uh, Pizza Hut did a few other gimmicks, like the Big New Yorker, the only one I remember, except for the one that stuck, stuffed crust pizza. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Um. My boy Domino's, though, they may have failed at the pizza war, but guess who's on top now? The number one telling Pizza Hut to go fuck off. And that's because they went back to what they do best, delivery with the pizza tracker in 2008. Right? Because 2008, we all just got iPhones. What all can they do? And then it's like, have you seen? You can fucking watch your pizza get made, bitch. But yeah, uh, and just to brag on Domino's one more time before I'm done, um, the pizza tracker kind of changed the game with food delivery in general. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like that's if you, you know, favorite Uber Eats and whatever else there is, uh, they all have that tracker. And it's because we're because of Domino's and the way people were like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, We're all just like accustomed to it and expect it now and so hell yeah Domino's that's my point here is Domino's is the best 
I fucking love Domino's. <laughs> Lisa aside. Yeah. works for Domino's now. <laughs> I would. <laughs> let, me, let me market your Dominator because I would do such a good job. Would you it would dominate in, it? It would be in all leather, okay? I'm going to put the pizza in leather. Hell yeah. <laughs> Done. That'll That's my whole warm. marketing plan. Yeah. That definitely will keep it warm. Yeah. I'm so yeah, hungry that's the, now. It's the pizza wars of the 90s. 93. All right. Well, speaking of mountains of things falling into your house, let's talk <laughs> about <laughs> let's talk about the Frank Rock Slide in Canada. Um, Hell yeah. So there's this town called Frank. Ew. And it was a mining town in uh, the Northwest Territories. So, you know, middle of nowhere. NWT? And, yeah. Yeah, that's how they say it. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely how they rep. Um, the town was a mining town, as you'd imagine. Um, cause what else are you going to do up there? Right. And the, the mountain that they were mining was already a little bit like unstable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they were digging the tunnels in every which way, this way and that trying to get at that sweet, sweet coal. Uh, and, uh, you know, every once in a while, yeah, sure. A beam would crack or, you know, weird rumbles would be heard, but that's just the life of a miner. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I'm saying, you know what I'm saying so many times. <laughs> so there are about a hundred people living in Frank. Uh, and uh, one day, specifically April 29th, which was yesterday. For a me, couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just gasped. Sorry, you saying the 29th shook me. Sorry. Sorry, you're shook. I'm shook it. Um, it's yeah the this freight train pulled out of the mine to haul mine stuff out and uh the mountain started a rumbling and a tumbling and the conductor instinctively full throttle right and came out just ahead of the entire mountain peak falling off we're oh. talking 121 million tons of rock about 3,300 feet wide, um, representing about 1,400 feet of height of mountain, falling down at 70 miles an hour in about three seconds. Is that like an illegal thing? Because I feel like you just destroyed, or they just destroyed like a natural landmark? Well... Yeah, I mean, they were already, it was legal for them to be digging out the mountain. Also, this was 1903, so laws right. hadn't been invented yet. Um, okay. But, yeah. How many pizzas is that? Uh, well, which one? Dominators, Big Feet? You know, That's true. Feet. If yeah. it was a Dominator, how many would it be? About three. Uh, three yeah, three Dominators for sure. So, anyway, that is all kind of exciting. Like, the train made it just just before the slide hit and got away. And actually it, it only hit the outskirts of town. 
Unfortunately, in this small town, the outskirts is where the miners lived. And so <laughs> uh, about 70 to 90 family members, mostly women and children, uh, now have a very large grave uh, that is just covered in rocks. These rocks are still there to this day. It's a big tourist attraction. You can go and look at this mountain that just plumb fell over and they haven't picked it up yet. Um, what? Okay, hold up. If I'm on vacation, yep. and, and I'm sure that I've done this, like it, let's go look at Tenochtitlan or whatever, but I don't know that my number one tourist activity is, where did those people get buried in that mass grave? Mostly women and children, please. Well, keep in mind, you are on vacation in this, in this scenario in the Northwest Territories of Canada, where there is nothing else to see. <laughs> So. Yeah, so you're already you're already fucked from the start. Also, yeah. I would a hundred percent go to that specific place if it was. If, yeah, I would go. I would want to see it. Seems like a good time. Like they have an interpretive museum and stuff. So anyway, let's talk about some stories around this month. This rock slide. So, uh, seventeen of the miners were trapped in the mine at the time. There were seventeen working in the mine. Uh, immediately rescue efforts went uh, to the mine to try to get them out and they could hear them in there and were able to dig a shaft and they couldn't get them out the same day but they did manage to get a second shaft going and to extricate all 17 of the miners um, from the mountain the next day which was an incredible rescue in 1903. Um, uh, most of the miners went down and were reunited with their families but some of them found that their entire families had been buried in the mudslide. Uh, some weird, weird stories coming out of like who survived and who didn't. It's kind of like a Pompeii thing. So like one baby was like the, the force of this fast rock slide was so much, this mountain falling over that it literally caused a shock boom, like a shock wave that was heard miles and miles away. And the impact of all that rocks hitting flung the baby out of her crib and into a hay bale and kept her safe as the rocks hit the like, barn instead of her so there's like one baby who survived congratulations baby uh three you're an orphan little sisters survived when the rest of their family got squished because they were just staying in town like on a sleepover uh but nobody knew that they were sisters because they were staying with different friends and uh they all reported their parents dead and were adopted out and then uh 45 years later reunited in Vancouver uh, when they figured out. They oh, where's the documentary oh. about that? Yeah, right? That is those. insane. Yeah. I don't Why those are they staying at houses where they don't, the other parents don't know the parents? I don't know. It was oh. chaos. Or maybe they did know they were sisters. You know how people were with practice babies and whatnot back then. It, yeah, it, there had to be some weird disconnect yeah. going on there. Yeah. Something Farm them out. But they didn't see each other for 45 years. And then they went to see a play in Vancouver together. It was a sweet little news story. Um, <laughs> There was a, a big effort because this was the main branch of the Canadian, the cross Canadian railway uh, to dig Drag out weed. the railway. So once they got the miners out, they went right to work at clearing off the railroad tracks. So they spent the rest of the month of May clearing the railroad tracks off. They got it done in three weeks with a Herculean effort. 
reopen the railway and then decided just to leave the rest of the rubble. While they were doing that, um, they opened up another shaft to the mine and out walked old Charlie, their horse, or mule actually. So this mule lived in the mine for 30 days by chewing what? on random wooden planks and drinking pools of water. Uh, oh, that poor little guy. Everybody was so stoked to see old Charlie. It was like, it was like little Sebastian in Parks and Rec. They held a huge festival oh. and remained of the town. Like, look, there's hope for the town of Frank. After all, old Charlie survived and they fed him generously with barley and uh, oats and they fed him a little too generously and he died the next day. Uh, no! <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when something's starving in you, yeah. right? 1903. Karina, Karina, you set that up very well, but I am angry <laughs> about it. I'm just telling you the stories. Um, so the other thing that happened, uh, there's this is the big one. This is this is the Lisa bait for reals, not not old Charlie. Uh, All right. The landslide did happen to hit uh, the bank, um, which had in its vaults because this was a mining town at the time in 1903 dollars five hundred thousand Canadian dollars. So it's under there. Um, Wait, it's still there. Hold on, hold on. What? When the railway was cleared. Uh, they had to send armed guards, uh, you know, just in case they found the bank. Uh, and then again, when they built a highway through the town, kind of along the railway path, uh, much, much later in the 1950s, they once again sent the Royal Canadian Mounties out there, just in case uh, they dug up that no, half mill. That's not a bank. That's not a bank. That's some other shit that they don't want us to know about. That ain't no bank. Well, you're right. Because recently, <laughs> historians have looked at the photographs of the time and noticed that in 1911, when the town was rebuilt, and in fact was booming, at that time it was a thousand people. So like it, its population went up tenfold, even though the mine fell on the town. Um, anyway, in that photo, there was the bank. Uh, and it was actually torn down by hands later to make a new bank. So that was just a rumor that had been going around uh, that attracted a lot of treasure hunting and whatnot, but it, it, the bank never got buried. So the question is, in the 1950s, why did the Royal Canadian Mounties guard the highway people digging up through the rubble? There you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And oh, I wait, do you know why and you're going to tell me open? that's going to bum me out? No, no. I repeat, it is still an open tourist attraction that you can go and dig to your heart's content at to this day. You just pay $5 if you're a kid or $10 if you're an adult to uh, go to the site. And uh, if you want to go hunt for treasure or anything else, I would recommend it. Dang. It's because they know there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sure. as that go dig. There is nothing there in like a much larger sense. Right. The town, by the way, is gone now. Uh, the mine closed. They have monitoring equipment at the peak of what's left of the mountain, which has been renamed Turtle Mountain. Uh, <laughs> it still rumbles. It's not a volcano. It's just still like trying to fall down. Uh, but they're it's not in its way anymore. Still all fucked up from the mining. Yep. 
Exactly. Um, has anyone found anything that's a little off? Lisa, I think you could find something. Mostly that border opens. Babies who are miraculously flung to safety. That's like the main creepy, like, how did that happen kind of thing with this story. Sounds like a Christianity ploy. Right. That's <laughs> how I know when I'm on an airplane, if there's a baby on it, the chances of God striking the airplane down are low because of this particular story. Because of the baby. True. The baby flinger. The baby flinger. Yeah, he flicks them away like boogers when danger is. And he like <laughs> can't get it off his finger. Yeah. Oh, oh no, a tiger. What? Mm-hmm. Well, I loved that. Oh, I have to pull up all my fucking notes. Sorry. I'm going to Megan and Harry myself and move there and then move to LA like right after. I'm also <laughs> going to tell the Royal family to fuck off just Again? for fun. As you should. Yeah. What? While Whitney's doing that, what Sorry. was the, no, you're fine. What was the thing with uh, the queen making an, an address and that was like a huge deal? Is it because she's old? Also, yeah. is she, does she still have her mind? I have questions about the queen. She's just old, and she hasn't talked like that in a long time. I think that was it. Just old and doesn't oh. talk much. She just doesn't do that anymore. Um, sorry, it looks like my window disappeared for no reason. But... Probably because you were looking up the Dominator. Could be. I was. I was. So, okay. I'm pretty sure we haven't talked about this before. But I, so everybody's seen Joe Exotic now. Or uh, what's the TV show Tiger called? King. Tiger King. Tiger King. Sorry. There is a great podcast called Joe Exotic that came out before Tiger King. Same deal. Um, so I went down a hole of like personal zoos and stuff and found this story about Zanesville, Ohio. Oh, yes. And I'm pretty sure we haven't done this before, right? No, but it does make a very, very small cameo in Tiger King. Does, oh, that's probably mm -hmm. like... I like watching documentaries and hearing them be like, well, this was kind of like blah, blah, blah. And then they move on and it's like, well, what the fuck was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So here's the blah, blah, blah. It's called Zanesville, Ohio. Um, it all centers around a man named Terry Thompson. So Terry, uh, he real quick real quick real quick real quick have y'all yes, ever yes. known a man named terry who was okay <laughs> yeah he terry yeah P. terry i mean i guess that's his last name it's not it's not that great the guy i went oh no i also went to high school with a guy who's but it was his last name so 
my neighbor growing up, the dad's name was Terry, and he was normal until he went hunting and gutted the deer on his driveway in our cul-de-sac. Oh my wow. god. That's normal. But my, did you get some free venison from it? Cause sure did. Hell yeah. <laughs> then it's worth it. Fuck it. Um, so, Terry, he's like, let's go back to the 50s-ish where Terry, or 50s to 60s, where he's like a hot kid, you know, everybody likes him growing up. Him and his parents move out to Zanesville, Ohio. They have a lot of shit going on. Everybody's happy. Terry likes to fucking fly planes. He gets his pilot's license before he even gets a driver's license. Mm -hmm. Um, this guy, yeah, he's a number one stunner as I, I've never said that before, but other people have said that. Um, anyways, Terry's a cool kid. And then what ends up happening? Fucking Vietnam. So he goes to Vietnam. He is a gunner. And he is stationed on the border. Most of the fighting he did was on the border of Cambodia and Vietnam. Everything is terrible. And Terry goes from being hot shit to being very damaged. And, like, obviously, as he should be, <laughs> um, post-war trauma person. So when he comes back from Vietnam, he marries his high school sweetheart and, Cute. you know, there, he's still doing okay. He, um, obviously doesn't, he, he's fucked up. Like people have noticed that he's not doing that great. He's not the same person anymore. War changed him. And, um, well, like I said, despite all that, he gets married to his high school sweetheart. They have a pretty good go until uh, roughly the 90s. And in the 90s, Terry is like, they're living back in Zanesville. Terry has his old family home that he grew up in. And they have a few other properties around. And him and his wife like well you know we already own they have kind of like a motorcycle shop and the local police refer to it as tease world um because terry is kind of a nut now he lives on the edge because supposedly of like being in vietnam like he needs uh, that kind of thrill right all the tea, time tea, tea like the letter I yeah. thought you meant like tease. And I was like, oh, he's got a fucking strip club too? Good for Terry. Yeah. Good for old, old Pear Bear. T E A S E. No. Just regular T apostrophe S. Um, so they have this motorcycle shop. They're fixing up stuff, but also Terry is collecting stuff. He. If he likes something, he buys it and he won't ever sell it again. 
Like he buys old cars. He buys motorcycles. He buys fucking airplanes. Like all this stuff is accumulating. He eventually starts owning animals and it begins with Dobermans and kind of like this pure breed aggressive. I don't know. It's, you know, I don't want to say Dobermans are aggressive because it's the owner that makes them the aggressor, but Terry is, he's that type of guy. Like he always needs something more. So by the year 2008, so boom, 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 building everything up. Terry's house gets raided by the federal government. Right and the government. What? A <laughs> uh, hundred weapons are seized because he had been, well, he had a license to sell guns, but the FBI was like, bitch, no, not really. Fuck you. And so they put him behind bars for pretty much a full year because of his illegal gun ownership. Um, Bear, bear. I know. It's a bummer. <laughs> but he goes to jail and his wife, I want to say her name is Marion. Yeah, Marion. Um, he's like, babe, I got to go to jail. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know. Um, I hope you do okay there. I'm going to keep, like, you know, doing our thing. Um, before he had gotten to jail – they had started down a path of buying exotic animals. And it started in 1997 when Terry bought a baby lion at auction. And the lion was like kind of fucked up and sickly. And the Marion was like, oh, nurse it to health. And so she became really attached to this lion. And Terry was like, guess what? Now, instead of just dogs, I'm very into raising big cats and monkeys. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just so happy. Like to sure. Like stopping. Like big it's cats. big cats and monkeys and bears. Monkeys. Uh, I'm just really glad he didn't have an elephant. That would have like ruined my fucking life. Um, four pounds of monkeys, please. Basically. So they start <laughs> buying cats and monkeys and bears, and they're keeping them really for their own personal animal collection. So they're not, well, excuse me, they're not like Joe Exotic in that he has a functioning business, sort of, if you call it functioning. They're not doing that. They don't have a li whatever license you need to like show animals. They don't do that. They're just fucking collecting these lions, tigers, bears, oh my, and keeping them monkeys. as pets. Uh, and monkeys, flying monkeys. Um, so everything's going, I guess, as good as it could be. I don't know. 
it's hard to, as we've learned, provide food for a fuck ton of animals. Um, even just like one dog, Lisa, how much does it cost for pickle and pea? Um, it's probably 70 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So this guy had 56 animals total living on his property in cages. Um, and sometimes, you know, they would like brag about sleeping, not like having sex with, but like sleeping with their snow leopard and shit like that. And Terry would drive into town with like a baby bear in his passenger seat that would like wave at people. Anyways. Um, yeah. So that's the type of people that we're dealing with. 2008. Terry gets fucked up by the FBI because he has all these goddamn guns. He goes to jail, and while he's there, he pays this guy to kind of take care of his animals, of which there are 56 cages. And Marion, his wife, is like, what's up, guy that's taking care of the animals? I'm just going to go show these horses that we also happen to have in other states for the foreseeable future. Um, and he's like, oh, okay. Good for yes. her. I mean, I would too. They had been married for like 40 fucking years by this point. It's 2011. Um, Terry gets out of jail. He comes, well... <laughs> The shitty part is, is obviously over this time period that he's in jail, him and Marion grow further and further apart. He tries to, I guess, call her when he gets out of jail and she's not home, doesn't answer, doesn't care. He is like, fuck it. He gets out of jail. He goes to the nearest Walmart, buys a bicycle and rides the bicycle 50 miles back to Zanesville to get to his house. So. I for sure thought you were going to say bought a gun at Walmart. No, 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 no. Bought a bike to bike 50 miles to get home. He gets home. He can't even fucking get into his own house because it's all overgrown. Like everything's gone to shit because I guess this guy was maybe the guy he was paying to take care of the animals was maybe feeding the animals, but not, I mean, why would you like, why would you do the mow the lawn and yeah. take yeah. care of this person's house when it probably should have been Marion who was holding down the fort, but she was like, no, fuck this. I'm out, which is understandable. So he gets home. He's super depressed. Like his wife is gone. They're in a shitload of debt because he's been gone. They owe like $12,000 in back taxes. They <laughs> are about to be foreclosed on. And Terry is like, well, there's nothing I can do. And in September of 2011, he's like, kind of, people still see him. He has a neighbor that is at the edge of his property and you know, they have been there long neighbors for a long time. And Terry seemed kind of weird. And, uh, yeah. So things get worse. 
on October 18th, 2011, his neighbor comes out into his yard or he had, his neighbor had just bought a horse and he comes out to check on his horse and the horse is standing kind of far away and looking at the fence between Terry's property and Sam, the neighbor's property. And Sam, Sam the neighbor, <laughs> Sam the neighbor is like, what's, what's going on, girl? What's the problem? And she's, you know, horses are very, I feel like they know what the hell is happening even before you do. And the horse is like, bitch, this shit is wrong. And he looks and he sees a fucking grizzly bear like run down the street. And he's like, oh shit what was that and the horse is still like no bitch that's not what i'm talking about and <laughs> he's like okay and he's like petting the horse and he's trying to walk her back to the barn and he looks over at the fence again and he sees a full-grown lion sitting at the fence line luckily there was still a small amount of fence like fencing to keep a horse out which horses don't cross Horses and cows don't cross shit. There's this like wire little fence keeping this giant full-grown lion away from him and his horse. And Sam is like, all right, horse, let's just fucking go back in this barn right now. Like, let's go get in here. So they go into the barn, close the doors. He pulls out his phone, calls his mom sam calls his mom who is in their house like they live together so she's 100 feet away at the house watching tv he's like mom uh there's a giant lion i just saw a grizzly bear run down the street you need to call the cops right fucking now because something is going on at terry's zoo and she's like okay, well, I'll try to call them first and then I'll call the fucking police. Chill out, Sam. So, boop, she hangs up, tries to call Terry's house. Nobody's answering at Terry's house. She's like, okay, whatever. I guess it's like after dinner time. It's like six o'clock right now. I'm going to call the police. She calls the police. The police are like, okay, we're coming out. We'll be there. So, a little bit of time passes. They get to Sam's mom's house, Sam and his mom's house. And the cop is standing there and he's like, hey, what's up, ma'am? We hear some shits going down because there have been other reports of giant animals everywhere. And he looks over and 80 yards away is a fucking giant gray wolf. And he's like, bam, and fucking shoots it while he's standing on front her front porch. And he's like, can I come in? And so he comes in. Uh, they Does he know that those are almost extinct? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Fucking I don't know if it was cops. an actual gray wolf. I just said gray wolf because that's the first one. It might just be a regular wolf. But I will say <laughs> these, I'm pretty sure it was. Anyways, so... Everyone's trying to figure out what's happened. There's calls coming in from the entirety of Zanesville, of which there are 25,000 people. So not the tiniest little town, right? 
Right. Uh, it's a good amount. Um, so there's animals on the fucking loose everywhere. They call all the cops in and the sheriff is like, well, this fucking sucks because everybody like your weapon that you're assigned is like a close range gun, a Glock or whatever. It's not made for hunting animals which is ultimately what they're having to do because they're in a city of 25,000 people and there are now 49 like predatory animals on the loose in the city. They don't know what has happened they're like, all right, somebody has to go out to fucking Terry's and check on that. We're going to call the Columbus Zoo because the zoo needs to come out and see if they can't trank some of these animals. And everyone's like, all right, ready? One, two, three, break. They go out to Terry's. <gasps> Terry is dead. They find a corpse um, and there's a white tiger standing guard over the corpse like it's his fucking food and oh, they're no. like they're like oh shit well i mean do you think the animals somehow got terry and everyone's like no because 49 animals don't just magically get released from their cages like some shit is going on and they go through all the cages they find that six animals weren't released, but the other 49 were. And not only were they released, they like the cages were cut with like wire cutters. Like the little latch key wasn't just taken off and the door flown open. Someone purposefully cut in and cut big enough holes in all of them to let the animals out. Jeez. Wait, wait, wait. What did those six animals that were still in cages, like, what did they do wrong? I mean, they got Like, why live. are they not? They're clearly not the liked ones. So, <laughs> one of the things That's about true. this is yeah. people don't know how Terry was able. So, Terry did this. Terry... They finally get this white tiger off of Terry's body and they go up to him and they realize there's like a gunshot wound in his head. There's gunshot residue all over his hand. He had been telling people in the weeks leading up that if he couldn't maintain his animals and if he couldn't figure out a way to like make everything better, he was gonna fucking kill himself and he was going to feed himself to his animals. Oh, the dream. Yeah. When they finally got the tiger off of Terry, they also noticed that there were a bunch of like chicken pieces, like pieces of chicken carcass around him. As if he had been like, what's up, y'all? Come eat me. And when they did eventually get him back to, like, a coroner, they found that the first thing, well, I don't know if it was the first thing, but the 
body part that was missing from him was like his entire crotch because that was the tastiest the part obviously. and the tastiest he was always bragging about it and lo and behold the tigers right agreed. yeah i wonder if Ooh. he had like worn chicken around his junk or something and like a belt deal anyways oh you've been around a dog and a cat the first thing they go for is the crotch every time yeah yeah place and they want to put their face in it soft stinky squishy yep yeah s's the three s's yes the three yeses (laughs) three yeses the cops get the body. They realize that it was a suicide. All the cages had been had had whole ho- Jesus. That's hard to say. Holes cut in them. Terry somehow loosed forty nine animals without any of them attacking him before he went and offed himself in a giant circle of chicken pieces. Okay. Um, so the police are like everybody grab a goddamn shotgun hop in the back of a truck we have to go kill these animals and the Columbus Zoo I think it was about 80 miles away from um, Zanesville they were having a rhinoceros like summit with zoologists and stuff and they <laughs> hear what? they hear that something <laughs> is going down in Zanesville. I think the cops did also call them like bitch we have 50 animals on the loose we need help and so Whitney, Whitney. Somehow rhinoceros convention is the craziest part of this story. I mean, rhinoceros, like, you know, keeping it, what is it? What is the word? Preservation, something like that. It, it was something along, hold on, I can tell you exactly what it was called if I can oh find it. Anyways, all these vets are like, we got to go out there. And by this time... It's like, yeah, International Rhino Foundation was meeting at the Columbus Zoo. Um, they're like, we gotta fucking go. And they're like, grab your trank gun, Karina. And they were like, loaded. Tell me they went Let's down do little zookeeper fire poles with these things. Basically. Like- <laughs> uh, so they are like, hauling ass out there. And guess who happens to be in town? also but Terry back Hannah everybody's favorite oh I thought you were America's vet Jack Hannah who we all know right everybody y'all know who Jack Hannah is right yeah Yeah. the the tonight show all the time or whatever yes yeah so Jack Hannah goes out also and by the time he gets there he's like y'all this shit is crazy. Um, there are way too many animals just out. Like there's fucking bears in everybody's backyard, lions stalking kids on the street. There's no way for us like to trank an animal is a lot harder than people think. It takes a minimum of 10 minutes for the, 
thing to even go into effect. And then there's a very long process to like, I guess, poke it enough to make sure that it's truly knocked out. Tranking an animal is going to take too long. And technically the most humane way we can do this is you have to kill the animals if they're out. This is what fucking Jack Hanna says verbatim. Just kidding. Not verbatim. Um, but for me through my own readings. Um, and so the cops are like, yeah, thanks for backing us up. So they end up (laughs) killing through the night and the whole time it's like fucking raining also. So these, I bet there were a few cops that were on the team or whatever that were like, we get to hunt lions and tigers and bears in the rain at night with sniper rifles. Yeah. I bet they were so excited. They broke out Just all their 9-11 Patriot Acts. For real. Yeah. And a lot of it was like <laughs> they rode around on with like trucks because they could sit in the truck bed and it was easier than firing out of a window. So that's just like. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like shooting Buffalo from a train for them. Absolutely. Right. So they end up killing 48 animals, lions, tigers, bears, big cats, leopards, um, monkeys. They kill them all, and the one missing animal that wasn't in its cage but also couldn't be found was a monkey. It was a macaw. Oh, but yeah. everybody, everybody seems to think that it was probably, like, instantly eaten by a tiger or a lion. Yeah. So it was like, oh, hey, here's this super easy thing to eat. Um... Yeah, so when, obviously, they kill all the animals, super fucking bummer. The six that weren't let loose are just, like, nobody really knows the reasoning behind it, but those were tranquilized and taken to the Columbus Zoo, um and they were there for a little bit and got like some treatment and stuff i know one of supposedly in an article i read one of the leopards died because a door at the zoo was accidentally like shut on its head um but the other ones were at like a bad relationship yeah the other ones were uh at the zoo for a little bit and then uh, they went back to fucking Marion because she was their legal guardian. No. Yeah. <laughs> and no. when when they were taking those six ant, two of them were monkeys, and I think the other th- four were like big cats. And when they were taking them away, Jack Hanna said that Marion to him was like. Don't take my children. You can't take my children. And Jack Hanna was like, we're going to take care of your children for you. You fucking psycho. We're going to take care of them. But he like legit had to comfort Marion because they were taking her children. 
Um, yeah, but didn't she fuck off to New Mexico for six years or something? She had been gone, not for six years, for like a year. But uh, yeah, like when her husband went to prison, she was like, cool, I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to go auction horses. Anyways, um, the way they ended up burying the animals was they just sent out a crane or like a, what is it? Like a digger? It's not a uh, mm-hmm. and dug a 30 foot deep hole and just excavator it's an excavator an excavator and then they just <sighs> put all the animals animal bodies into that hole and buried it up and that was it yep. Terry was Damn. dead and all the animals died except for like five of them so where's don't know about that monkey yeah i was about to say someone's gonna wake up with a monkey in their chimney one day i saw they found one of the bears by using like infrared because he had hunkered down somewhere and it was a it was a bummer like a huge controversy like of course animal rights active or anyone who loved animals was like you fucking killed yeah so many animals you could have done something else but it was jack Hanna who came to their defense and was like without loss like not a single person lost their lives or were injured that day other than terry who fucking killed himself and yeah. it's everybody talks about how it's like a miracle that somebody's toddler didn't get like dragged away by a tiger so. Yeah. Probably because yep. God flicked him into a near nearby haystack. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Kept him safe. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, re- I remember when that happened and I was like, no, just let him go. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Like, you remember when nature happened? Done- yeah. yeah. Remember that? Like this should have been on my radar, though. It was on national news. 2011. Did I? I I mean, I haven't had regular TV in a long time. Probably since before then. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was like a meme level. Before me talking about it thing. Yeah. Um. I didn't remember that he killed himself, and then had chicken bits around. <laughs> yeah, lots of them. Lots of chicken bits. That's that's oh. how I'm going to go. I'm just going to cover myself in chicken bits and then go <laughs> open the door to my kid's room and just let them devour Just let them devour you. Slowly eat my body. Gross. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that. I mean, that's, what, that's what we do with Christ. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be more like Jesus so I can go chew in heaven. Yeah, I want my teeth in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>